bless you today. I appreciate you responding to the Lord. That's called faith. That's what it is, folks. We don't have it all figured out, but we do know and we believe in the one that does in Jesus' name. Such a tremendous thing. Uh, tonight, um, for I, I, the youth department will be hosting a um, service here tonight, as we've been doing the last couple of months. We've been taking Sunday nights and working more on small groups. Last week, the ladies met. This coming, uh, or tonight, will be, of course, the youth. And we appreciate our young people, don't we? Come on, encourage them. Encourage them. Praise God. Amen. Don't get jealous because they have more energy than you do. Don't do that. Appreciate that. Ask God to harness that in Jesus' name, and I appreciate that. I, in, in UPCI, I don't know how it is in other apostolic oneness organizations, but in UPCI, the last 10 years, probably the most vibrant, lively services that are being done on a yearly basis have to do with our youth. And it's just because they do. A lot of it is because they have energy and they can, man, they can go for days and hours and that type of thing. I'll never forget, though, once I was... I was, when I was district superintendent, I was in one of those services, a district youth event, and man, it was just, they were running the aisles, they were exploding, and it was, it was cool. And that went on for about two hours, and the youth leader came to me, it wasn't Brother Fitzner at the time, but the youth leader came to me, and he says, well, Brother Carnan, I guess we're done. I said, oh, wait a minute here. I said, this has all been great, but I said, you get up there if even it's for two or three or four or five minutes, and I said, you proclaim the word. I said, because in my opinion, that's what praise and worship is good at doing. It's good at, you know, yeah, things, things happen in the spiritual realm. People get healed. There's all kinds of things that happen. But let's never forget the word of God. Amen. That God's word is the thing that really determines a lot of the direction we go. Praise God. And so that's what he did. And to, to his credit, he got up and Man, about 10 minutes, and it was a beautiful word of God. And so let's not forget that. But our young people tonight here, I think it's at 5.30 or 6 o'clock. It's 6 o'clock? Oh, tell me then. 5.30, okay. 5.30, they're meeting here. And so um, uh, Brother Fitzner, Jake Fitzner, if you need to have details about that, just ask him. I'm sure he's got a good plan in Jesus' name. Next Sunday night, of course, Wednesday nights, you know we're doing things online. And so don't forget that, Brother um, Jerry Fitzner. We are um, absolutely privileged to have the Fitzner brothers, the famous, famous Fitzner brothers. You guys didn't know that, did you? Yeah, they are. They're, they're known all over the world, in Jesus' name. But Brother Jerry Fitzner has been doing our Wednesday nights and does such a tremendous job. I appreciate him. And, um, and so tune in on, on that on Wednesday nights starting at 7 o'clock. Actually, it'd be good if you had 15, 20 minutes of prayer before that, too. That would help um, liven up that Bible study in Jesus' name. And then next Sunday, um, of course, Sunday uh, morning, we do the services here as long as we can. We're believing God to give us the ability to do this. Uh, we're watching the situation in Wyoming and, and around our surrounding states very closely. There's areas we just, Sister Carnan and I just came from an area of the country that is really, really reeling right now. And so God kept his hand on us, protected us in Jesus' name, and we're so thankful for that. But we want to be careful. We want to be very careful. So as long as we can still have in-house services like this, we're going to do it. And so that'll happen on Sunday mornings. And then next Sunday evening, we're going to be having a praise and worship service. 
Um, and uh, we're excited about that, praise God. And um, it will have some kind of a Christmas theme probably and, and, um, and giving glory to God in Jesus' name. And then um, the Thursday night of that week, not this week, but next week, we'll be having a very special, very special Christmas Eve service. How many here have ever been in one of our Christmas Eve services? Yeah, they're, they're special, folks. There's no question about it. Um, and there's just such a great theme that happens there, and we just, it, the presence of God is just absolutely tremendous. And so keep all of these things in mind, and then the last Sunday of the month, um, we're going to be meeting with the men. And so we've been uh, dealing with books, materials, things of that nature. And so we hope that uh, this has been a blessing to you. We hope that everything that we're doing here, first of all, gives glory to God. That's the main thing, folks. I, I seek the Lord out regularly what he wants us to do here. What direction does he want us to go? I've been seeking here lately about 2021 because, man, we're only a couple of weeks away from that. And so we're going to move on, praise God. I know this pandemic has been just a tremendous thing. There's no question about it. It has shaken probably most people. It has. And um, I personally believe that we're smack dab in the middle of God's will. Amen. Not that God brought this pandemic on. He doesn't do that. But he uses things like this to draw people close to him. You study the Bible, you're going to find that. That's one of the major themes of the Bible, is God drawing people close to him. Unfortunately, most of us who have read blood, it takes a little bit of going through some tough things that, 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 that causes us to consider and that type of thing. And so this is what we're doing in Jesus' name. We hope that what we've been doing here on Sunday morning has been a blessing to you. This morning I want to just share with you for a few minutes about Christmas, the theme of Christmas. And I think it's a great opportunity for us. I really do. Um, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but it just seems like there are more people that have put up lights this year. Is it just me or am I, is it? I, I think so too. And I think that people are really looking for something. They need comfort. They need some kind of, um, you know, get me out of this tough stuff and let's t be happy for a few minutes and that type of thing. And so you're seeing people that are, that are, that are getting involved in that. Well, to me, that is a sign that they're looking for something more. Now, they might not absolutely know that yet, but you and I know that our search did not stop with lights or a Christmas tree or presents, none of that. I mean, that was all fine and dandy for a while, wasn't it? And I'm not against it. You know, I believe in giving gifts and things of that nature. But, folks, we understand until we really met the Almighty God, until we met Jesus Christ, who is the God-man who came down here to mediate things for us. Man, that's when Christmas really began to take on its truest meaning, didn't it? Amen. Well, wouldn't you like everybody in the city of Gillette to have that experience? Well, so would I. I think it's possible, too, and I believe that the Lord is shining his light. And so take advantage of this Christmas season to, to give a positive message to the Lord in Jesus' name. And so my wife is so good at sending out Christmas cards, and she always picks a great theme, just something that will, you know, not root off the red-nosed reindeer, you know. Um, and she, she picks something that, that will be a little bit thought-provoking, and so I appreciate that. And I believe in that kind of stuff. I believe that those kind of messages can stir people. Amen. We might not visually see that for a while, but we know that the Spirit of the Lord is there. 
Come on, in Jesus' name. The word in spirit. Jesus proclaimed to that lady after that Bible study, that beautiful Bible study in the fourth chapter of John, he said that the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. This is how we do it. This is way we didn't make that up. That isn't our little ruling. That is how God presented himself to us. And so the Christmas season is a very blessed time in Jesus' name, and I think it's an opportunity for us to take part in it in Jesus' name. There's a scripture that I want to show you here real quickly this morning that's found in the book of Acts that is not found in the Gospels, uh, although Paul said that Jesus said it, so I'm believing he did. And why it didn't get recorded, I don't know. Uh, there's lots of things when I come into the Word of God I see and I think, God, why didn't you do this and why didn't you do that and all that? Well, it, you know, who knows? Someday, I'll, you know, I believe we're going to have that kind of knowledge. But in the 20th chapter of the book of Acts, look at this. Paul is, of course, on one of his missionary journeys, and, um, and he's talking to the church there, amen, at Ephesus, I believe, is where he's at. And he begins to say, he said um, in verse number, um, um, number 35 there, 20 and 35 in the book of Acts. He says, I have showed you or shewed you all things. That's Paul. Paul never kept back anything when it pertained to God from the church. And I'm trying to be follower of that. Amen. There's times when I know, <laughs> I know this is going to be rough. I know there's going to be some of them that are going to get a little miffed. I, I just know that. And it's not like I do it on purpose. But I understand that I'd rather be right with God at the end of the day, folks, than with you. That's just my opinion. That's not being arrogant. That's just where I'm at. I'd rather be right with God. And so I am trying to do the same thing, to show the whole counsel of God. Whatever God shows me and he says present it to them, I want to do that. And that's what Paul was doing here. It says, he said, I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. This is what I was referring to. I don't find this in the gospel. But he, it, it had to be there because I don't believe that Paul made this one up. He said how Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In my opinion, even if you do not yield to the Holy Ghost, even if you don't believe in the things of God strongly and that type of thing, I believe that there's something about human nature when it starts to give, when it starts to give out. There's something that happens there. It's almost like a natural thing. It's almost like breathing or eating, praise God, that there's something within us that just loves to give. Amen. Fears and, and protections and greed and all that kind of business will come in and try to block that stuff out. Well, they go, oh, man, I ain't got enough. When in reality, my wife and I were talking about it the other day. Folks, we're in a country, praise God, that have compared to the rest of the world. We, material-wise, my goodness, we far exceed, far exceed anyone else. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm just saying, folks, we got enough. That isn't the point. The point of it is, is that we need to learn how to give. 
And that's not some plug for money and, and tithes and offerings and that type of thing. Listen to me, folks. Since I've been in the kingdom of God, it has been my blessed privilege to be in a position where I, on the most part, there's been a couple of, a couple three lean years that Sister Carnahan and I have had, and I'm not going to go into the details, but on the most part, God has brought things into our lives, praise God. And so I have, all, I've on the most part, been in a position where I can give out. And man, what a privilege. That's not something to gloat about. That's not something to think you're better than somebody else. That's just a beautiful thing that God puts into our heart. And so Paul is reminding them that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And in my opinion, that's why the Christmas season a lot of times loosens some people up. I've seen some of the stingiest, mising people in the world, and I'm not being, I'm just re being reflective here, that have opened up and give you things and, and do things. And we've even had it here at the church and you go, whoa, is this gonna explode? <laughs> My goodness, are they gonna come back in an hour and tell me to give it back to them? I'm, I'm just telling you, sometimes you think that. But I think a lot of times it can be maybe brought back to the fact that during the Christmas season, you know, there is such a tremendous spirit of that in Jesus' name. Last week, I talked to you about the miracle of, of Christmas. Never forget that. Miracle of Christmas. God with us. That's what Emmanuel, that was the proclamation that God made. Back, way back in the book of Isaiah, 700 years before it happened. Emmanuel, God with us. Now, we understand in various ways God was with, with the people in the Old Testament. But in these last days, that's what Hebrews calls it, the book of Hebrews, you know, we got Jesus, the main spokesman came onto the scene, praise God. And so the miracle of God with us. And we understand that God is for us, not because he loves us enough to where he'll let you get away with anything. No, the thing that brings about God's for us is that he initiated forgiveness. In fact, the book of Romans teaches us that he strengthened our relationship with him. While we were yet sinners, he died for us. He didn't wait for us to raise the bar in our own lives. God came down here and across the board did what he knew needed to be done in Jesus' name. Now that doesn't mean that we should just, you know, um, you know, do whatever we want. No, there should be a gratitude about that. There should be a willingness to say, my goodness God, you went to that length for me? Oh my goodness, that is tremendous what God has done. Praise God. That should well up something inside of us that says, man, I couldn't do enough for him anymore. Come on. And it's not like God needs us and God needs what we give to him. But folks, there's something about us giving back to the Lord that opens up the portals of our soul and our spirit and will do something in the healing realm. And, in the, and, the, and, and I'm telling you something, folks, that's what's happening, praise God. Amen. And that's why it's such a tremendous season, praise God. And so, you know, God not only with us, but God for us. And then we understand the miracle praise God was that God is in us no other time no other age you must understand the word world w-o-r-l-d you know one of the one of the translations of the word world is age it's talking about a time period in which God deals with people those of you in this church that have ever had dispensational teaching it's a tremendous revelation how God at different times would initiate things and believe me every time he initiates it 
He doesn't wait for us to, to get to the place where we deserve it. He initiates it, praise God. And then that's what you find in an age, praise God. Amen. And so in this age of grace or this church age, that's what the, the scriptures refers to it as, we see the outpouring of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, which represents God in us, the hope of glory. In fact, if you study the blessing of Abraham, which you should, amen, it didn't just start in the 12th chapter of the book of, of Genesis, praise God. It came into the New Testament in full force, and that God was showing that man that one of those days, God was going to turn to the Gentile nations, praise God, which he has, and which for the last 2,000 years, you and I have been recipients of that. It doesn't mean that there is no Jews that have gotten saved, but they have to come through the church age window or door in Jesus' name. And so this is what makes this season so powerful in Jesus' name. And so think about that. Giving, praise God. Joining with God and allowing some giving to take place in Jesus' name. Let, let me demonstrate this by, by bringing your, your attention to the scriptures. Look at this. Go back to the book of Psalms. I think it's 102nd Psalm, I think, is where it's at. The 102nd Psalm. And let me show you what I'm talking about here. Praise God. What a tremendous, tremendous concept that God is bringing into our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Actually, the Psalms 103. Let me, let me do this one first. The Bible says, bless the Lord. We sang that this morning, didn't we? Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. You see, we were singing scripture there. That's what anointed that, by the way. Amen. And then it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Do you see that? I don't know if, if you understand this or not fully. I don't. I'm trying to. I'm trying to help the Lord to get my eyes open to what is really the, the benefits here. Well, it names some here. Look at what he does in verse number three. Do you notice this? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. iniquities. That means when you want to do it your way, and when I want to do it my way, God will come in and make changes, but he will also forgive us for doing that stuff. Amen. And then who healeth all thy diseases. Let's never forget that. God can heal anything in Jesus' name. And then it says, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. And the Bible says, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagle. Praise God. I'm going to tell you, one of the things that, that God did for Moses, and it, it stipulates this in, this in this chapter, look at what it says in verse number 7. The Bible says, he made known his ways unto Moses and his acts unto the children of Israel. Even way back then, God was revealing what he was doing. Now, I believe in the same um, aspect in the spiritual realm, God is doing that today. And so you and I, we can, we can rest assured, you know, the neat thing about when you come to the Lord in his fullness of salvation, which is, by the way, being born of the water and of the spirit, never forget that, amen. Jesus stipulated that, amen. You know, you must be born again, amen. That wasn't an ultimatum, that was an invitation, amen. And everybody gets it, amen. Everybody gets that invitation. 
praise God. And so we must understand, praise God, that we come into the kingdom of God in this age, not by joining a church, not by doing the best job that we can, not by fulfilling you know, righteousness within ourselves, but we come into the kingdom of God because God made the way for us to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. Actually, it begins in something called repentance. And I'm going to touch on that here in just a few minutes. But I want to complete this thought here this morning in Jesus' name. Praise God. God has done so much for us. Never forget that, folks. And this is why with gratitude, amen. The Bible uses the term in the Old Testament, the 12th chapter of Isaiah, with joy, I'm going to draw out of the wells, amen. And so all of these things are available for us in Jesus' name. Not because we're so good, but because God provides them for us in Jesus' name. What a tremendous God that we serve. What a tremendous, I think what we need to do is lift up both hands, and we need to just say, thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, oh, what a mighty God. What a mighty God. Oh, what a mighty God. What a mighty God. Oh, what a mighty God. Oh, what a mighty God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. God. And so don't forget during this Christmas season, anything about coming to the Lord is that a lot of these seasons don't quit. The Christmas season goes on for us. It doesn't stop the 26th of December. Amen. That's how you can tell the difference sometimes, is that the things of God will go on and on and on and on. Praise God. Our little programs, our little ways sometimes have a way of just stopping. Amen. And so you say, well, what can I give to the Lord? Well, listen to me just as I, as I end this segment here this morning. You know, you don't give to God because he needs it. God doesn't, he's an all-sufficient God. He doesn't need a thing, praise God. Amen. But we give of ourselves to him so that he can use us. That's what we do, praise God. This is one of the greatest privileges, in my opinion, of Christianity is that God provides salvation. He gives me a way in which I can live. Amen. And then what he does is he begins to use people like you and I, praise God, to fulfill his plan on this earth in Jesus' name. And that's why the three T's are so important, and I'll just mention this right away. Time, talent, and treasure. Amen. Think about that. That's what God will use, praise God. The things that he's already given into our lives, amen. He's given us time, he's given us talent, and he's given us treasures. 
And so what you and I can do is we can give back to the Lord in Jesus' name for his kingdom in Jesus' name. Isn't that a cool plan? I think it is too. I think it's a, it's a tremendous plan in Jesus' name. And so don't forget the miracle. The miracle is here. God with us because he's for us and now he is in us in Jesus' name. Isn't that tremendous? Amen, it is. Let me turn to another thought here. It's not that I want to belabor anything here this morning, but I, I, I've got a couple of things that I want to, I feel like the Lord has given to me that I want to, to give to you in Jesus' name. I want you to turn with me to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. Book of Revelation, in my opinion, those 22 chapters are the tremendous epitome of prophecy. There's no question about it. Prophecy in these 22 chapters trumps a lot of things. It really does. Now, let me qualify this by saying there's tremendous prophecy that is all the way through Scripture. You will find it in various books. Uh, one that comes to my mind in the Old Testament is the book of Daniel. You know, the book of Daniel was a tremendous prophetic book, talking about things in the future and things of that nature. But most of the book of Daniel was meant for the Jews. If you study the prophecies that surround Daniel, they were meant for a certain people for a certain time. Now, the book of the Revelation, praise God, deals with everybody. It really does. In the first chapter of the book of, of, of Revelation, what you will find is in the very first verse, you will find what the Revelation really is all about. And it's not so much about future events as it is the revelation of Jesus Christ. And in my opinion, that's what all of us get when we receive the Holy Ghost. I'll never forget my experience. I was uh, raised in a small town in Iowa. I went to a certain denominal church that taught a certain doctrine that was not true, but I was there. And I, I was not good at, at being that denominal person. But just showing up at a few catechism classes put enough of that stuff in my mind that it was, it was there. And so when I, when I first came to a church like this and I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost on a Sunday evening and, and began to work with that, one of the things I struggled with was with what I got taught. And, I, and people were telling me, you need to know who Jesus is. You need to know who Jesus is. And man, I already realized that. But I said, man, I don't really know. And I'll never forget after struggling with this for a couple of weeks, I believe it was, maybe even a month, I came after a Sunday night service and I, there was just something in my gut that said, man, I got to get this. There's, this is too important. And I'll never forget going home. We went out to fellowship after the service that Sunday night and I got home about 10.30, maybe quarter to 11. And I sat on my bed and I just sitting there pondering, going, God, I, I, I need to know this. I need to know who you are. I need to know how this works. And man, I was just being very forthcoming to the Lord. And I'm not, I am not exaggerating people. I'm not going to say that there was a big, huge thunderbolt and, and lightning struck. But I do know this, that all of a sudden there was something, and I thought it was my physical eyes, but I learned later on it wasn't. It was my spiritual eyes just all of a sudden got open. And folks, I saw him. I saw the mighty God in Christ. And not three years of Bible college, not reading through the Bible for the 27th time, God just opened up my eyes. And from that moment on, listen to me, folks, I have never struggled with it. Now, that's how good God is. 
When God opens up your eyes, I'm telling you something, folks, it is absolutely special. And if you'll guard it, if you'll embrace it, I should say, amen, you'll never have to lose it. It doesn't matter how much false stuff comes down the road. Once God shows you the light of the truth and you embrace it, I'm telling you something, folks, nothing else compares. That's why I have learned, praise God, this is what we need to be about. Let's be praying all the time that God is opening up people's eyes, even your eyes to the things. And so the book of the Revelation is that. It's a book that highlights on Jesus, who he is, what he's doing in Jesus' name. But notice this in verse number one, one and one in Revelation. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. So you must understand the first three chapters of the book of the Revelation is dealing with that. It's dealing with churches. It's dealing with the issues that churches were having. Amen. And some of the things that they were allowing to slip away. You know, one of the churches, I think it was Ephesus, the Bible says that God chastened them and said, you've forgotten your first love. You've forgotten what this thing is all about. And it wasn't that God was trying to make them feel bad. God was helping them to understand that whatever I have shown you, embrace it. Make it a very important part of your life. Don't let anything get between this and me, in Jesus' name. And this is what has always been emphasized to me about the apostolic church. That's why I could walk in, you know, all kinds of churches. I was in one this past week, and I'm not being critical, you know. And I felt the Spirit of God there because I was there. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you. Amen. But folks, it was nothing compared to what I felt like when I came in here this morning and just started lifting up God, started walking around this building, started giving God the glory. Listen to me, folks. This might be old hat to you, but it isn't to me. Praise God. This is where it's at. God is moving amongst one God apostolics. He is absolutely, praise God, moving amongst people who will repent and will be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins and then yield and let God fill them with the Holy goes God is moving amongst those people I'm telling you he is oh hallelujah and I don't go to those places very often anymore I don't have to I found the real place and I'm not talking about this physical building folks I'm telling I'm talking about what is represented in here amen and so I'm embracing it and I encourage you to do the same Wrap your arms around it every day and let God, praise God, show you some things in Jesus' name. And then you have to get to the fourth chapter of the book of Revelation, which I won't go there, but, but until you begin to see, now I'm going to show you some things that are going to happen hereafter. And that's prophecy. Amen. The first three chapters have to do with what was going on right then. Amen. And I believe it's still going on right now. I believe you can go into those seven churches and you can find those conditions are still alive and well today. Amen. And you know what the central theme was in five of those churches? The central theme was repent. Repent. And then finally in, in, in the seventh church there, the church of the Laodicean, 
God said something here, and I want to show you this. Look at Revelation chapter number 3 and verse number 20. This is what God is doing right now. Right now, this is what he's doing. He said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. That represents so much, folks. That's more than just going to McDonald's and getting yourself a double cheeseburger or something. That is talking about God wants to come down and converse with us in Jesus' name. And that's why Jesus made the point in, in the Gospel of John, my sheep hear my voice. Amen. That's why, folks, I know I still got some goat mentality in me, and I'm not proud of that. I can tell a lot faster these days when that one rises up, that stubbornness and want to do it my way and, and irritations and stuff. Part of that is the goat mentality. It doesn't mean you're possessed of the devil. It just means that sometimes you've got a little bit of that goat in you, and you've got to learn to shut that down. Because if you want to get, get, get with God and you want to really accomplish some great things with him, you and I have to become sheep on a regular basis. And sheep have, have one quality that, a lot of, that some of the other animal kingdom don't have. And that quality is they can be led. And that's what you and I have to do. We have to allow God to lead us. And I just want to assure you right now, he will. Now back to this door. I don't know about you, but I want doors to open for me. I've, I, I've, I've tried to get crowbars and, and, and all kinds of things and to force them open, and I've realized that the kingdom of God just don't work that way. Amen. That there are doors that God has to open. But one thing here today, and I'm going to keep this as simple as I can, there are two things that will help open up the doors into the kingdom of God. Are you interested? Yes. I hope you are. These things will work. No matter who you are, where you're at, it doesn't make any difference what you're going through. These things will work. And these two things can come under the heading of repentance, amen, and faith. That's why in a service like this, and, and in prayer times, and in devotion times, Bible study times, we must give room for this to happen. Sometimes we want to bring the blessings of God into a person's life, and they haven't even repented yet. And here we are with our spiritual crowbars. We want to open up the door, man, and we want to bring these things in because they have blessed our life, and we know they need the blessings of God. But we don't realize sometimes that doors have to be open. And God has opened the doors for you and I. That's why on a regular basis, praise God, repentance is a healthy thing to do. Amen. It opens up the windows of heaven. It opens up the doors of heaven, praise God. Amen. And so this is what we need to be active about. You know, in the, in, in, in the Gospels, we see this emphasized with a man named John. John the Baptist came onto the scene with an unorthodox way of doing things. Reminds me so much of the apostolic church. Amen. 
You know, here he was. He wasn't, you know, he didn't get all of his clothes at, you know, at, at Paul Frederick's, you know. He didn't get his stuff, you know, you know at, at, at Saks and all that stuff. He just had, a, had camel's hair on, you know. And the reason he had that is because it lasted for years. Amen. But he came onto the scene and he had a message. And that message surrounded around the idea of repent. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now listen, I've taught this for years. I, I believe it's a very integral doctrine that we need to embrace, not just know, but embrace it. And what I mean by embracing, embracing things is use it every day. Don't just talk about it. This is the thing that kind of upsets me sometimes with myself and with other people. Is we're becoming very good at talking about things. But my goodness, we're not doing a whole lot. And repentance, praise God, is doing something. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, repentance, if you study the root aspect of it, it means to change the way we think. That our thinking is changing. And we think just because we do it once or twice that we got it down. Maybe in a couple of things. But folks, this is something that has to be relentless. It has to happen all the time, every day. We must change the way we think. Amen. Last week or the last couple of weeks, I talked about four aspects. I don't know if you remember this or not. I know some of you were here and some of you weren't. But I talked about things that needed to change. Remember? Perspective. The way we look at things. And we need God's cold perspective to be in our lives. Now, I'm not trying to be redundant here. I'm trying to wake somebody up here. God is trying to do this to us. Amen. I talked about the idea of permission, that we must give God permission. Not that he needs it, but listen to me. If God starts doing things in our life and we haven't given him permission, we're in trouble. That's where people don't know the will of God. That's where people will shake, shrug their shoulders and go, what's God doing? Well, he's going to do what he wants to do whether you give him permission or not. But I have found that there are doors that will open up when I say, God, go ahead. There are things that will happen, and I'm not talking about in my, 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 my body here. I'm talking about in my mind. That God is able to explain things to me. God is able to bring me understanding. And you must understand something about understanding, folks. Most of the time, understanding isn't going to take the problem or the challenge away. What it's going to do is understanding is going to explain the why. Why is God doing that? Amen. And man, that one really opens up eyes. But listen to me. Along with the perspective, we got to give God permission. And then last week I talked a little bit about patience and about persistence. These are things that must come back into the picture. I know these are old-fashioned. I know a lot of times we want to move on from this stuff, but we're not going to. We're just going to get better at it. We're going to get more familiar with it. And God is going to be able to do more with us in these regards in Jesus' name. But that was yesterday. That was last week. I just wanted to bring that to your attention. This morning, for the next maybe five maybe eight minutes here, I want to center on those two things, repentance and faith in Jesus' name. These are the things that will open up some doors for us that absolutely nothing else can and will in Jesus' name. So you must understand something here or you must get, get a hold of something here. Look at the book of Hebrews chapter 11, and I know this is something that we've all heard, but let me remind you of it. The Bible says, in verse number 1, Hebrews 11 and 1. 
It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2 says in 11 and 2, Hebrews, it says, for by it the elders obtained, it says, a good report. And through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. We get a further understanding of how the creation came into place. God didn't build the heavens and the earth. He spoke them from nothing. Wow. That one still really, really, really blows me away. But then the Bible says, by faith, he gives us examples. And this, uh, the, probably half of this chapter is dealing with that. This is how he did it. This is how she did it. This is how they did it. And then it gives us examples. Let me give you an example. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. It says, for which he obtained witness that he is righteous, and God testifying of his gifts, and by it being dead, yet speaketh. Because he did something for God by faith, it lived on. And then the scripture says in verse number 5, Enoch was, by faith was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wow. And then the Bible says, but without faith. Can you grasp this? It's impossible. See, that's why these things are very important. Repentance will change the way we think. And then when we begin to realize that it's faith towards God that's going to open up more doors, man alive, folks, it can become like a river of living water then. It can become like a garage door opening instead of a side door. It can become like a dam bursting instead of a little trickle. Now, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad here today, but I'm talking to some people today that that's what's been going on in your life. There's been some trickles. There's been some creeks. There's been some powder rivers. But I got a picture in my phone. I'd show it to you if I could. My wife and I went up to visit my, my, uh, her, uh, her mother and dad's grave site. And that's a place where I used to pray. It's called Linwood Cemetery, and it's up on a hill. And it's, it's a very unique perspective. You have Industrial Island that you can see down from that hill where all the businesses used to be in, in Dubuque. They're not there much anymore. But right behind Industrial Avenue there, there's the mighty Mississippi River. And folks, I'm nothing against this Powder River out here, but this Powder River don't hold a candle to that. And what I'm talking to somebody here today is that God wants to bring a Mississippi into your life. God wants to open up avenues. He wants to bring, you know, what's that bit, the famous place where they have the, um, um, the waterfalls, Niagara. He wants to bring something of that perspective into your life. And the door that's got to be open is going to be open, in my opinion, by repentance by our continual saying, God, I want to change the way I think. I am convinced that one of the reasons that God doesn't give us what we, he knows we need and we could have is but what we would do with it, how we would handle it. And that's all 
already been demonstrated in a lot of regards in this country. But if we could change the way we think about it and say, this is a gift from God. This isn't meant so that I can hoard things up, so that I can, can you know, make out another bank account, so that I can get another nice this and nice that. But this is meant so I can let it flow from me to somebody else, praise God, that they'll know the blessings of God. Listen to me, folks. You're not going to arrive at that kind of thinking without repentance. Because our perspective, the way we look at it, God should just be blessing us over abundantly every day. And we don't realize that, you know, sometimes while that's happening, we got a whole neighborhood, we got a whole county that's going to hell. So you understand what has to happen with repentance. We've got to learn to change the way we look at things. And that's what God is doing right now. He's offering that. He says, if I'm standing at the door. I'm knocking. I want to come in. Now, if you want this door open, praise God, why don't you begin to ask me to forgive you and ask me to, to cleanse you and renew you and change the way you look at things. Amen. When was the last time we spent a good portion of an hour praying like that? Now, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. Then we can be used. If we can change the way we think about certain things, my goodness, God would very easily be able to lead us into, into, the, in, into the green pastures and into the places where things could happen in Jesus' name. Just take about 15 seconds. Close your eyes right now and ask the Lord to help you with what I just got done. Oh, hallelujah. Open our minds up, God, right now. Help us to receive with meekness the engrafted word that is able to save our souls, God. I pray that right now. I would pray that there would be a tremendous baptism of meekness that would come over us. Amen. That, God, that you are the boss. You are the absolute. You are the everlasting. You are the king of kings in Jesus' name. You are the almighty God in Jesus' name. And I thank you for everything that you do. In Jesus' name, I thank you for everything you do. Help me, Lord God, personally, personally to repent every day. Help me, God, not to linger, not to go days and months and sometimes multiple months without thinking about this aspect, that, God, I need to repent. That doesn't mean I'm a slime ball. doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It just means in order for me to be in line with your will, I've got to change the way I think. I've got to change my perspective. I've got to give you permission. I must use patience and persistence, Lord God, in obtaining these things in the name of Jesus. Lord God, I thank you for this. I thank you for this way. You are the way, the truth, and the life. There's nobody else, God. I thank you in the name of Jesus for what you are doing right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now, i got about five minutes left. 
I got about five minutes left. And so the two things, repentance and faith in Jesus' name, praise God. You must understand, I heard this said one time, and I wrote it down, and I, and I I've contemplated or I thought about it. But you think about it, faith is internal. You can't see it sometimes, not like we see it. And so you must understand, faith is internal, but obedience is visual. You can tell when somebody obeys. And so when you begin to think about that kind of thing, uh, and this is going to be the last thing I'll give you today, you know, this is why the book of James begins to make some sense. Now let me show you what I'm talking about here. Look at James chapter number, <clears throat> I believe it's chapter number 2. <clears throat> and he begins to say something here that I want to leave you with in Jesus' name. Repentance, a lot of times, folks, is an act of the will. It really is. Not my will, but thy will be done. And so this is really what has to, has to really be thought about, praise God. It's not because of what it is, it's because of who you are. Amen. Now the scripture says in James 2 and 17, it says, so, it says even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. Now this has been a tremendously misunderstood concept. I have been accused, and I'm sure some of you have been accused, of trying to work your way to heaven. And Pentecostal, apostolic Pentecostals in particular, have got this little bit of a label on them. That, boy, you go to that church and you got to do this and you got to do this and you got to do this, and they're just trying to work their way to heaven. And in some form or another, you've heard that. I know you have, because it's out there. And I want to help you to understand what we're talking about here. The word work there, if you look at the word works, in verse number 17, it literally means to labor or to have some kind of an action. And so you must understand that you got to do something. Amen. That's why, you know, when God began to deal with me about repentance, I had to do something. I had to change the way I thought. And this has been the trail that I have been on for the last 40, probably close to 45 years. Amen. It is an action. I have to think about this every day. Amen. And so this is what happens. And then when I begin to have the faith of God, then God will give me, always give me something to do. For instance, I remember when God began to deal with me about being baptized in Jesus' name. That God wasn't going to do that for me. He went to the cross to provide it. But this was me. I had to do something. But man, it wasn't probably a couple of weeks after I was trying to help people understand what I had done, they were accusing me of working my way to heaven. And it would confuse me. And I'm hoping that this scripture will help somebody here today. The Bible says in verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Well, show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my, my faith by my works. He wasn't trying to win an argument there. What he was trying to say is they go, Hand in hand. That's what they do. And that's why the Bible says, by faith, Abraham or Abel kept doing what God told them to do. Regardless of what the big brother came up with, it might have been a little easier. Abel kept offering those sacrifices, blood sacrifices. As much criticism as it could have been, and I'm sure he got criticized, 
It's what God wanted. And that's what you and I must be about. There are certain spiritual activities that God wants his church to be a part of. And most of this stuff is going to have to be done after we repent, change the way we think. Because if we approach it with the way we think, we're going to start dispelling it. We're going to start dismissing it. We're going to start saying things like, well, that doesn't matter now. Or God doesn't do things that way anymore. Do you see how critical changing of our thinking is? And folks, I'm telling you, it is absolutely necessary. Every person has to. That's why Jesus is standing at the door and he's knocking for people in this city, in this county. And I'm not here to be critical or to be the judge. But folks, one of the only ways we're going to get that door open, praise God, is to start repenting, changing the way we think, and begin to do the works that God wants us to do by faith in Jesus' name. And this is just that simple, folks, in Jesus' name, praise God. Now watch this, I'm going to read a little faster here because my time is going. It says, yay, it says in verse number 19, thou believest that there is one God. How many one God people do I have in this room? That sure simplifies things, doesn't it? Yeah, it says, yeah, it says, thou believest there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, obey man, that faith without works is dead? So you've got to understand, there's going to be, there is going to be an action that will be visual of your faith. Amen. And that's not working your way to heaven. That's accomplishing the things and the will of God in Jesus' name. The Bible says in verse 20, But wilt thou know, vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? Amen. And so you and I must understand, praise God, that God wants to accomplish some tremendous things in our lives, praise God. And he's standing at the door, even today, folks, he's standing at the door. And I'm going to tell you something. If we will get to a place where we won't feel intimidated when God wants to change the way we think at some things, but we'll welcome it. I'm going to tell you something, folks. It'll be powerful in the name of Jesus. Now, I, I, I'm going to give you a couple of minutes here to go ahead and to operate by faith. I believe the Lord has spoke. There's no question in my mind he has spoke. And I believe there's an action, praise God, that needs to precede that in Jesus' name. And I'm just going to play something here today and let you respond the way you feel like the Lord wants you to in Jesus' name. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks for He has given His own life. For us, thank you, Jesus. 